super dope. Plus Ultra. All right, what's up? My name's Kyle. Thanks for checking this out. Federico, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I am doing pretty good today. Kirishima episode. That's exactly what I needed. Yeah, man. So, uh... About damn time. Let's go Gutsy Red Riot. Anytime um, Kirishima is a focal point in an episode, I'm a fan. He's one of my favorites. I identify a lot with him and just his naivete. Uh, his blind optimism at times. And he's somebody that I uh, wish we'd see a little bit more of. So, obviously, getting the preview from last week, knowing it was a Kiri episode. Also, um, But this episode hinted at a lot of bigger things that uh, we're going to talk about throughout here. I got my main points worked out here. Um, before we do that, a couple housekeeping items. Hey, welcome to Dragon Ball Super Dope. I wonder what the fuck we call ourselves this week. Super Dope Plus Ultra. Yeah, Plus Ultra, man. Plus Ultra. Did you, what'd you say? <laughs> Sounded like you said Plus Sexual. I don't know, man. All right. Plus Ultra. Good job. Plus Ultra. Um, we'll figure it out one of these days, but for now, Super Dope. So... If you like it, rate, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, all the places where the podcasts live, YouTube, that's a place. Um, any other places, you can call us up. If you're already sick of me telling you to do things in the first 30 seconds of this pod, tell me about it. 401 <laughs> 213-9596. 401-213-9596. Leave us a fucking voicemail and maybe we'll play it. Maybe it's about My Hero Academia. Maybe it's about the latest stuff in Dragon Ball. Friday night. We're recording this on Wednesday night. Um, Friday night, me and maybe Carlton should be getting together to do the latest manga review for Dragon Ball Super. Uh, we'll see if that comes to fruition. I'm sure he will at least make the attempt to blow me off to go to a gay bar. So um, that's pretty much the housekeeping items. Uh, first and foremost, this episode opens up. We get to see uh, a little sneak peek of Chaco and Froppy uh, doing their work study yeah man and and they seem to be uh kicking ass and taking names yeah man doing making themselves an asset right out the gate um for the dragoon hero uh Riku. what the fuck is a dragon i don't know uh, yeah a dragoon is a dragon i would i would imagine what's like, up with the extra all then i don't know you wanted to google what a dragoon is no <sighs> fine <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a dragon with an extra L. Dragoons originally were a class of mounted infantry who used horses for mobility, but dismounted to fight on foot. From the early 18th century onward, dragoons were increasingly also employed as conventional cavalry, trained for combat with swords from horseback. So, this year out of horse? We didn't really see much of what you did today, but what we did see is after a Chaco and Asui whoops a mass uh, sidekick understudy style or work study style or whatever. Um, she approaches them and says, hey, uh, we've been contacted by Sir Night Eyes Agency, All Might's former sidekick. And I'm like, oh, I know who that is. He's been in a lot of the last few episodes. Yes, what about him? And she says, hey, we're going to go to his place tomorrow and have a meeting. I'm going to talk about this big operation. And I'm like, an operation? Y'all teaming up? And the girl for the big three, uh, what is it, Najari Hado? Is that right? I think so. 
Nigeri, Nigeri, Nigeri. I I can't do the pronunciations. Either way, not yet. Anyway, and you know that when I do know how to pronounce the name, I'm gonna be so fucking obnoxious about it that you're gonna get annoyed. So take splendor in my stupidity now, people. <laughs> um, anyway, she's the female part of the big three for UA High. Um, she too uh, makes then the explanation of oh, what team up is when two agencies work together on a case. Duh. Thanks for explaining that. That was very helpful. Obviously, given the context, I couldn't have pieced it together that this pro hero in their little team is going to work with Night Eye and their little team. I'm just happy that they're finding a way to get a couple of Deku's classmates involved in his side story. Yeah, that's really cool. This very easily could have been Deku, Mirio, and Night Eye. Yep. Three amigos going off doing this thing. But bringing in his classmates. Uh, not only for sake of having you know some other familiar characters, but in order to build up the scale, like it's required. Like this is a this is a threat of that magnitude where we're going to be teaming up with at least one, if not maybe multiple hero agencies. Uh, it's, it's especially now that we know that they're in tandem with the League of Villains. So one thing that I think is interesting about these two hero agencies teaming up right now, and sort of the way that it's structured, like. It's something I've talked about in the past. It's like I could see the class of 1A graduating, going on to be pro heroes, and eventually to take on the bigger threats of whatever the frig happens in their world. Um, they got to form up like Voltron or better comparison, the Avengers, uh, you know, and have like a superhero team of, you know, right. the top whatever, six, seven-ish heroes. And they defend the big crazy threats that none no one of them could do you know on their own so uh, i feel like this whole arrangement kind of hints at that but instead of just the hero to hero thing it's like agencies contact agencies it's like sometimes the way they talk about heroes as a profession reminds me a lot of professional sports um and just like the way that it's represented and the way that it's handled and the and the PR aspect of it and the and the compensation part yeah. of it and and That's making sure true. that you've got like extra avenues for your income by way of advertisements and things like like so much of it reminds me of of, of sports contracts uh, and how those yep. are structured for athletes. But um, either way, the way that they communicate in order to coordinate on one villain, it just sounds a lot more formal than I would have ever expected it to be. But at least we know Asui and Achako are going to be in on the bullshit against Overhaul, which, you know, Deku's girlfriend being involved with, uh, you know, this little girl that Deku wants to save. Deku's going to earn some real cool dad points with Achako, who is a the best girl. Still best girl. If you disagree, you're wrong. Yep. Um, dead wrong. You're dead wrong. So why are we teaming up? Why are these agencies teaming up? Well, because, duh, idiot. Overhaul and the League of Villains, aka Tomura Shigaraki and his boys, they are teaming up. But they don't know that, though. Well, I think they've got a hint that things could get real ugly if they expand and work together. So Shigaraki comes back to make him, like we talked about last episode, to make him walk around in that underground tunnel for like 30 effing minutes so he gets lost or wherever. Yep. Uh, he uh, comes into the room and basically his pitch to overhaul is I don't work for you. I'm not joining you, but we work in tandem. Like we're on the same team. You can use the league of villains. Like, cause we've got the notoriety, but they have like 
the power, it seems, right now. I believe he said, I'll still be calling the shots. Well, I think he meant that he'll still be calling his own shots. You know what I mean? Like, they can work together because they, and he says, at this point, we have a common goal. So it's Mm -hmm. okay for us to work together at this point. And when he says, I'm calling the shots, he means, like, I'm calling my own shots or the shots for me and my team. We can work together because it's convenient for now, but you don't own me. You don't tell me what the fuck to do. That's the way I took it anyway. I don't know if that's exactly that's exactly it. I don't know. Uh, either way, I think that the real interesting part of it is obviously we knew that these two were going to work together. You think we're going to have a fucking season without Tomer Shigaraki being somehow involved? Right. Unlikely. He's been the counterpoint to Deku since the beginning of the Goddamn series, and we talked about it at length. If you haven't heard earlier episodes of this uh, podcast, especially the My Hero stuff, it's probably because not a lot of them are on the public feed. Plug. Go to patreon.com slash Dragon Ball Superdope. Bunch of plus soldiers are there. Some of them are even free. Anyway. For free. To, for free. Back to our regularly scheduled programming. Tomer Shigaraki is obviously going to team up with these guys, but the interesting point in this exchange is... He asks for Overhaul's plan. He's like, all right, if we're going to work together, I think I have a right to know the plan. So yeah, what's your man. big plan? Overhaul's like, in good time, homeboy, in good time. Um, and he kind of gives him a hint. He's like, well, you know, all for one's basic ability was to and, and, you know, take the quirks of other people and use them, as a, use them for himself. Mm-hmm. I've uh, ref- uh, fine-tuned. Yeah, I think that's he says, what he said. I've yep. fine-tuned his approach a little bit. And that's all that we really get. And then they go on to talk about the quirk-canceling bullets, which I think are going to be another important part of not just this episode, but of uh, the series. And oh, yeah, absolutely. At least, if not the series, this arc. But they go on to talk about the quirk-canceling bullets. But uh, I just think it's interesting that Overhaul, he first of all, he knows about All for One. And, yep. you know, we talked about it a few episodes back. I'm not sure when, but to most of the world. He was a legend. He was just an urban legend. Yeah. They didn't yeah. think he really existed until the All Might fight happened. Yeah. Um, Overhaul, on the other hand, seems to have known about it. I mean, we can debate on how long he's known about All for One, but seems to have a deep understanding of what he was up to and what he was doing and how he was doing it. Um, And he's sort of anointed himself almost to be that next guy to take up the mantle of what all for one was up to. And he's like, I figured it out. I know what he was doing and I know a better way to do it. So I'm doing it in a better way. And he says something, I don't know exactly what it means, but we're spreading roots across this country, spreading roots across the country. What the hell? What does that really mean? Um, I mean, I think it's like those red bullets. Maybe he's using, he can like, with those bullets, he can take the quirks from people and he can probably put them in other people. Oh, you think the bullet's playing that way? Yeah. That's I was what just I think. thinking the bullet. It's like a little pin, you know what I'm saying? With like a little capsule on the end of it. Yeah. So I think so... it's like absorbing the quirks and then you, he's using, he's like putting them in like his gang. Maybe. Hey, I was just thinking that the bullets were like a quirk canceling thing or whatever. You know, no. It was basically like a. I don't know. Plot. I don't want to say plot device is a dirty word. I don't think I've really used that word very often in talking about my hero, but uh, I thought it was just a way to, you know, drive up the dramatics of any given fight. Oh, shit, he got hit with a, a quirk 
nullifying bullet. He's out for 20 minutes. What are we going to do without Shoto Chokoruki's crazy ice and fire with, without 20 minutes? You know what? Like, right. I figured that's what they were introducing it. Um, but the idea that maybe they're part of the bigger intricate plan of stealing quirks and using them for themselves, that makes sense with what he's saying. My bigger point is for him to feel so entitled as to anoint himself as the guy to continue all for one's plan. It's not exactly the same, but I think it mirrors at least pieces of Deku and Mirio's relationship. Oh, yeah. So Shigaraki is the dude who was anointed by All for One. He's like, you're the guy. You're the leader. Do your thing. You're in charge. You're going to fuck up. That's okay. That's that's the learning process. Like He has been groomed and mentored since being adopted as a young child to take over for this person. And in a lot of ways, I mean, it hasn't been as long a time, but over the last year plus time, Deku has been groomed by the dude to be, you know, one for all, um, to be the next All Might. So with Mirio Togata coming in, and not to his own doing, I mean, he doesn't do it from a place of malice, but Night Eye, you could argue, has some malice in his heart toward Deku and being the next guy to inherit it. Um, you just got these two people working side by side, Mirio and Deku. Mirio knows that, not knows, but people believe that Mirio should be the guy to inherit the quirk. And then you got Tomer Shigaraki and Overhaul working on side by side over here. And Shigaraki is the guy who's supposed to be taken over. And by all accounts is the one who is meant to take over. And Overhaul's kind of like, Hey, what's up? I'm here though. And I think I should be the one to do it. Like, it's it's always a mirror image between Deku and Shigaraki, and I just think that it's pretty remarkable that uh, they've they've managed to work that piece of it into it. No, no matter, um, not that it's super contrived, but like they could have very easily overlooked this whole. That's what Overhaul's ambition is: is to be like all for one. You know, like they could have just chalked it up to he's an evil douchebag who wants to control everything. But like, no, aligning his visions with the principles and things that were beset to the world through all for one, it it really ties it together perfectly. It's fucking perfect. Any further questions, class? No further questions, Your Honor. I'm a lawyer now. <laughs> Am I a judge? Yeah, you're a judge, man. You're a judge of all things. Moving on. <laughs> this is obviously a Kirishima episode. We haven't talked dick about him yet. Why is that? I don't know. The name of the episode is Let's Go. Gutsy Red Riot. Gutsy Red Riot. I man. appreciate use of the word gutsy. Yeah. It's a very yeah. underused word. And also, I mean, let's be real. Was there any more appropriate adjective than gutsy? For him? No. Not in this episode, because he's gutty as hell. Oh, yeah. But before we get to him being gutty as hell, one of my favorite parts of this episode, and I think it's one of my favorite parts of this episode because a lot of reasons. Usually once a year, this is a weird way to start it, but usually once a year, my mom's like, hey, what's up? Are you bipolar yet? And I'm like, ooh. Wow. What? She's like, you know what happens around like 30? And I'm like, mm. so you said last year when I turned 29. You said it happens around 29, mom. Which is it? Anyway, I've always related with Kirishima. Kirishima is one of those guys who's usually pretty pragmatic in his approach and doesn't let his emotions get the best of him most of the time. And I'd like to think that 
in cases and in, in more cases than not, I can be like Kirishima and you factor in just like how funny he is and how about like supporting his friends. He is like, he's like an idealized version of myself, I think. So that's like, that's my um, relationship with Kirishima, right? Somebody who, uh, Always supportive of his friends, very pragmatic and trying to solve his problems, always trying to do better just because he just wants to be better. Idealized version of what I'd like to be. And then on the other side, you got Sun Eater. Uh, the fuck's his name? Tamaki Yamajiki. Tamaki Ma- Yam. Fuck, dude. Let me try again. Tamaki Yamajiki. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. Tamaki Yamajiki. We'll go with that one. So he is the most morose. Somebody shit my cereal, motherfucker. And I am also him. <laughs> <laughs> like, sometimes I see positive people and I'm like, my friend Sarah, you know Sarah. Sometimes Sarah says stuff. She's like the most upbeat, positive person in the world. And I'm like, stop it. And she's like, what? I'm like, you're annoying me. <laughs> and I, I, you know, in those moments, I am the sun eater, Tamaki Yamajiki. Um, where I'm just like your positivity is fucking killing me so he doesn't do it so much to the point where he's mean like I can be but he's just uninterested in himself as a person I think like he doesn't think very much of himself maybe is a better way to say it I guess he's obviously very low in the confidence factor but he's got a very interesting quirk Um, whatever the fuck he eats clams squid chicken those animals become primary features of his makeup. So he has some chicken feet and some chicken wings and some squid tentacles and some clams as Clam a hands. Clam hands. Clam hands. So it's a very interesting quirk. Seems to be very powerful. He knows how to use it. Yeah, man. Uh, he's actually really powerful. And he gets shot with one of these quirk nullifying bullets uh, in this whole dust up that we've got while Kirishima he and Fat Gum are out on patrol and uh, he's pretty much taken out of the equation and yeah, he was like oh no my tentacles oh my my fingers they won't my grow fingers. no more <laughs> my fingers won't grow no more <laughs> so uh, he gets taken out of the equation pretty quickly and we ship to Kirishima as the main uh, you know the only person really to stand up to this last dude of this gang this gray haired weirdo but man just just the back and forth between the two of them like that's positivity and kirishima is still like trying to talk him up like come on man you're as great as i you're as great as anybody and you can tell that tamaki has a real um i don't know what the right word is i don't know if it's issues not the right word but like you can tell that he struggles with how good mirio is and how of the big three mirio is like the dude yeah and even equates him and Kirishima and their positivity to the sun and his name is Sun Eater so I just yeah yeah man he just eats up all the positivity that's why he's the sun eater yeah man sometimes he's just you know morose looking like Robert Smith of the Cure disintegration was kick ass man kill the Mecha Streisand so Tamaki gets taken out with this quirk nullifying thing Kirishima runs this dude down an alleyway, chases him down. Like, they have the running scene. I love the running scene. Stop chasing me. He's like, I'll stop chasing you when you stop running. I'll catch you, bitch. Then I'll stop chasing you because you have been caught. And I'm a hero. Catches him down, like, basically a dead end. It's a dead end, motherfucker. What you gonna do? 
what you really want. <laughs> and the dude tries to play him off like he's a sucker. Like, I'm just a weak dude in my, in my, in my gang. I'm a bum. I have weak little box cutters come out my sh- my shins. Oh, I have six inch knives come out my... No, it's not his shins. It's his forearms. Ten, ten centimeter blades. I thought it was six centimeter. Ten. Oh. Ten centimeter and ten centimeter inch. Ten centimeter blade. Yo, shout out to my buddy Reese down in Australia. He, I had a Instagram fit with him the other day because I said, Reese, you look like you're seven feet tall. He said, I'm not seven feet tall. I'm five eleven. And I said, You motherfucking liar. You are in Australia. You're not five foot eleven. You are something in centimeters. What would that be? And he said, like 180 centimeters. And I was like, Exactly. Don't tell me you're not fucking seven feet tall. <laughs> Your hundred knees. Reese, we love you, baby. Uh, what's next? Oh yeah, good last blade having motherfucker. So oh, yeah, I don't wish. I don't think we got this dude's name at any point. No, I don't think I, so. I wish that we did. I feel like we need to come up with a name. Little blade. It's kind of like Lil Bill. No, maybe not the best idea. No, that's not a good one. I don't get enough on that. What about? <laughs> Look how close I am to my microphone compared to you. Oh. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we don't have a name for that dumb blade in heaven, motherfucker, yet, but we will. Gee dang it, we will. Like how I censor myself for gee dang it. So. You ever dealt with the junkie fits? Actually, yes. What, like on a bus or something? Nope. Who? Not who? Not who. I don't know any junkies. You don't know any junkies? No. But you dealt with one? Yeah. Tell me the story. In Providence. What, so Kennedy I went to... Kennedy Bus Plaza or Kennedy Plaza? No, near PPAC. What'd they do? So I was pulling out of the uh, the parking lot over there Yeah. after a show at PPAC. And uh, this guy was just fucking straight up tripping balls on heroin right at the exit of the the parking lot. And I had to sit there and just watch him. He was just swaying around, doing his thing. And I beeped at him a couple of times and he like got startled. And he started like talking and I was like, Yep, we gotta move, dude. Like, get the fuck out of the way. And I was just about ready to call the cops. And then he stopped and then he moved. But I was like, Man. <laughs> what a junkies. sad soul, man. What a sad soul, man. So this guy in the alleyway that Kirishima's got pulled cornered, he's giving him a sob story. Exhibits classic junkie behavior. Goes from crying. Goes from being a thief-ass motherfucker, criminal, repugnant, quite frankly. And then all of a sudden he's crying and trying to gain some sympathy. And I say, no, no sympathy for thee, you little blade knife weirdo. He was crying. He was crying. (laughs) And he really tries to lay into the tears before he takes this fucking vial out of his pocket and injects it into his neck. And I was like, oh my... The, when I watched it the other day, I watched, this was one of the few times this season 
but I've been able to watch it at least once through before we watch it together. I thought that he like injected himself with a cyanide capsule or something. I yeah, don't know. I thought he was gonna like kill himself. Yeah, I thought that the vial that he stuck into his neck was a way to basically end his life. And then I was like, yo, this is like a manga, you know, designed for like twelve year old boys. It might be a little bit too dark. Um, you know, quirk enhancement, steroids, bringing it back to the professional baseball references. <laughs> I swear to God, man! Like, I know that Japan loves baseball. Certain parts of uh, Japanese culture work their way into My Hero Academia for sure, but I don't think it could be understated that baseball is a primary influence from the hero contracts to the drug injections. True, motherfuckers, we're all about the juice. Wow, like it? Like wow. That? It's crazy. <laughs> so Kirishima, uh, only one standing in between a group full of uh, a group of bystanders and this dude expanding knives out his chest and his eyes and his neck. How the fuck do you sprout a, a knife from your eyeball? Want to know? How? Drugs. Also, Barry Bonds hit like seventy-four home runs <laughs> that year. So, <laughs> drugs. Was it 74? What was the record that year? 74, I think. 72? Oh, man. No. 72 was Mark McGuire, I think. Either way. Barry Bonds hit a lot of home runs, and that's how that motherfucker popped some blades out his eye. Drugs. He's the all-time home run leader, Barry Bonds. Oh, I thought you meant this bum-ass villain in an alleyway. I was like, he didn't hit no home runs with those blades. <laughs> Tried to hit some home runs right into Kirishima's thorax, and Kirishima said, "No mas, no mas, man, no mas." Kirishima, XX Unbreakable, super hot and dude. Hashtag super hot. Din. <laughs> All right, so. The whole junkie behavior, obviously, like the back and forth. We injects himself up. He gets all hyped up. Kirishima's whole. I like his his backflash, backflash, flashback. I like his flashback to the conversation that he's having in the, I guess the dorm room areas. It's with him, yeah, it's Bakugo, like the common area. Cero, uh, Denki's there. They make fun of Denki, and this is another thing that I think kind of helps me relate to Kirishima. He's very, um, what's the word, self aware. So he's like looking around at the people around him and he's like, you guys are all really talented in what you're doing. If we, you know, graduate and we all go on to become pro heroes, there is a really strong possibility that you are all going to be so much stronger than I am just because of what your quirks are, how they work, how you already know how to use them. I have a very, you know, not as practical quirk in, you know, in regards to what you guys have. And Bakugo, of all the people... Bakugo now, I mean, I don't know when this was, but the Bakugo that we experience in the present here is very pissed off about not here having his hero license and is just watching everybody around him get ahead of him. I cannot wait for Bakugo to fucking make up for lost time when he gets his license. He, right. He's going to come out and whoop everybody's ass possible just to make up for lost time. I cannot wait. But he gives Bakugo, uh, he gives Kirishima rather, his boyfriend, uh, some of the best words of encouragement um, in that, you know, they talk about like 
you you know, why are you beating up on yourself like that? Why are you down on yourself? I'm not being down on myself. I'm just being realistic. I'm just trying to like, you know, figure out the best way for me to improve. And I'm like, yeah, Kirishima, that's what being a fucking cognizant adult is like. You know, you're just trying to get better and move forward and onward. You know what I'm saying? That's what be reflect on your actions, people. Think about the things that you say and do. Think about the ways in which you could better yourself. This is what Kirishima is actively doing in this scene while just sitting on a couch with his hair down. Very evidently, he recently showered and he's just like sitting down with some quiet time with his friends and bouncing off some fucking ideas on how to get better as a pro hero. That's some admirable shit if I ever saw some admirable shit on this show. You go, Red Riot. Gutsy Red Riot. Gutsy AF. All right, now that I've... uh, yelled about that I like Bakugo's words of encouragement to him and saying you must not remember during the sports festival what you said to me you need a strong front horse he gives him that you know little refresher course on what he was or what he did during the sports festival and being the strong front of the cavalry battle and then he also says and what we saw All Might do what, what we watched All Might do in the big battle against All for One like he stood up and he fought and that's when the line is delivered for this episode for me that set me on this like whole thought process last night that I tried to talk to you a little bit about earlier, but I couldn't think of the line. So the line is just standing. This is Bakugo to Kirishima reminding him that day in that flashback on the couch. Just standing up means you are strong. And I'm like, God damn, somebody put that shit on a motivational poster. That is a deep shit. Make that a meme. Share that shit on LinkedIn. Sales executive. Yeah. Trying to rally the troops and maybe recruit a new salesperson so you got a little bit more override on your overall salary. Hang in there, kitten. Shit like that. Just standing up means you're strong. So it's kind of hard for me to try to uh, totally verbalize, but I think the idea... I like to think about like what makes My Hero Academia resonate with people so much. And I think coming into it and definitely in early, um, definitely my early thoughts on it were like, it's got elements of the X-Men and elements of Harry Potter and elements of other superhero properties all kind of mishmashed into one. And that makes it so that way a lot of different people can latch onto it or whatever. And I think that is one relevant aspect of it. But one thing that I haven't really thought about until I saw this line yesterday and I was like, yo, that one line from one character to another, that one screenshot of him about to power up into fucking Red Riot Unbreakable and just standing unbreakable. up. Unbreakable. Just standing up means that you're strong. It's a motivational poster, right? That yep. moment literally is, it gives me goosebumps. A lot of moments in My Hero Academia, at least one moment, an episode typically, uh, right around the climax of the third act, uh, coincidentally, um, something big happens where I'm like, oh, yeah, fucking, this is dope, this is great, we're about to see somebody overcome and do something awesome. And the memeability of the show is something that we've talked about a few times, but I think memeability is often taken in like um, a funny context. I think the idea the memification or what a meme is is like the ability to express an idea between like like people who are like familiar with the subject matter like it's a reference you can express the idea just through what that reference is and that's the idea of a meme more or less 
a lot of people take it in context of you know what is funny but it doesn't have to necessarily be funny it can be a motivational thing it could be an uplifting whatever thing it's the idea that's expressed that's the meme um memes don't always have to be dank ass fire fucking funny things um the meme ability here is very i think you can look at it from a serious perspective as well like that's the motivational uplifting shit like again just standing up means that you are strong it gives you that moment like that it makes you feel at least for me as a 30 year old adult dude adult dude white dude um it makes me feel like it's okay to watch anime because I'm getting something positive out of it. I think that is another important element that can be something that's very easily overlooked uh, and kind of just like lost up in the shuffle of all of these other elements that make My Hero Academia um, a very relatable show. Uh, the idea that very seldom is a line of dialogue wasted. Usually things are super intentional for what their characters say and it can equate to moments like this where Kirishima is like, I'm unbreakable, motherfucker. Don't try to put your blades through my thorax. And then he doesn't let him put his blades through his thorax and he defends the civilians. Chop some knife. With knife. We will chop you in knife. Last thing I want to talk about before we wrap this episode, basically, is, uh, you know, obviously, Kirishima doesn't win it by himself. Homeboy almost escapes. But... Fackham gobbles his ass up. Yeah, man. Fackham's ridiculous. Be my hero. Fat absorption. Does he get bigger and shit? Because he looked like bigger then. So we talked to a cosplayer mm -hmm. at Radon Comic Con. The sound was last week. He said that his favorite hero, his favorite pro hero, is Fackham. I didn't. I, obviously, this kid was, you know, manga nerd, and I don't want to be like, I don't read the manga, kid. Try again. I don't want to be that guy. I just met him, right, thirty seconds ago. But he explained it to me. He's like, the more that he eats, similar to Sato in class, where like, you know, the more sugar he consumes, the more strength he can output. This guy eats, he uh, he gains more and more mass, and then he can use that mass as you know power to be able to whatever restrict enemies like he did like he absorbs things that can restrict them um like he did with knife boy here today um that's crazy man yeah so he he's obviously the one who who wins the day or you know is the one who uh, ultimately wraps it up but the bystanders who kirishima defended in the alleyway they're all like asking what his name is they all want to know about him um after the credits, they go back to class and Kirishima's uh, on the news, you know, like on, on websites, articles. Holy crap. Same thing for Froppy and Achako. Uh, I think Jiro and uh, Yayirozu also get a little bit of internet notoriety because uh, they're like some cute little sidekicks at these agencies. Um, but we get to see a little bit of like the beginning of the, st uh, of the start of their, their hero stories. Not like they're, I'm a student trying to become a hero. It's like, I'm a I'm a sidekick. I'm I'm out here using my 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 power in public. I have my license. Uh, I saved people's lives today, and now I've got people running around telling the story of how that time Red Riot saved their lives in an alleyway. And you get to see the like the kind of start of that for these heroes a little bit. And I think that is something that's only going to grow 
more. They're only going to start to perform for larger and larger or save. You know, perform is probably the wrong word. They're probably only continue to save more and more people. Have more and more people running around. They're, they're the mythos of these respective, you know, upcoming heroes is starting to be built right before our motherfucking eyes. Any additional thoughts, Feds? Well, I, have, I obviously can't wait to see where this is all heading to. <laughs> as uh, as is the rest of the world, I'm imagining. Well, the preview for next week is uh, pretty much cutting the crust off the shit sandwich, Finn. And uh, we're meeting up. We're going right to the Night Eye meeting. Uh, it seems like there's going to be at least two, if not maybe three. I saw way more than that. Yeah, it looks like it's a big meeting. Uh, multiple agencies are involved, and they're all talking about the plan that Overhaul has on uh, using Eerie, Eerie, the little girl that Deku just can't stop thinking about how he couldn't save her in that moment and how it's eating him alive. I like that after the credits, they talk a little bit about that and yeah. how Deku's like, you know, the relationship between Night Eye and All Might is something that he's really worried about. Not worried about, but like he wants to figure out, like wants to learn more about because he's very much in the dark about a lot of the details. We as the audience aren't, but he is. And then Togeda, he says it out loud again. He's like, you know, and then there's this other guy who's kind of gunning for my job and is totally worthy of it. And I have to deal with that. And then comes back to Eerie at the end of it. And he's like, but I can't stop thinking about that. It's eating me alive. And I'm like, you're goddamn right it's eating you alive. You're the fucking number one hero. Yep. Who let that little girl fucking walk? It wasn't you. It was Togeda. And you realize why he had to do it in that moment. And us as the audience agrees with it. But I can't think that it can be. It can't be overlooked. That Deku was... If it was just Deku there... He had and every Mario intention of saving her. Mirio didn't come along, and Deku, yeah. that ends completely. Deku, Deku doesn't walk away. No. He can't. He can't turn it off. Nope. That's why he is the true symbol of peace. For all we know, Mirio could He wants to save be, everybody. For all we know, Mirio could start smoking weed next year, lose all his motivation, fucking gain 30 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> like... You never know what could it's happen. So like, you remember that time I said I was going to save at least a million? Well, I made it to like... I made it to like 10. 6,000. <laughs> and I fucking... Somebody rewarded me with a joint. And then I was like... All downhill ever since. Stop by a Dairy Queen on my flight home. That's right. I gained the power fillet. And uh, <laughs> ate ice cream. Many, many blizzards. Many DQ blizzards. And other ice cream delicacies. Other DQ delicacies. <laughs> Got some chicken fingers. It's a go. Can't eat chicken fingers after you have a big bowl of ice cream. That's fucked. Yeah. That would be fucked. Good thing Maria Togoda hasn't found weed yet. Good thing they probably never will. Why? They don't have weed in Japan? I don't know. They got fucking performance enhancing quirk serum or whatever. I don't know. I think you can't find a little green. I don't the know. Quirk juice. Quirk juice. Quirk juice. That sounds wrong. I I wonder if the quirk juice. 
quirk I want, juice. I want to know if All Might can use the quirk juice. I don't know. If All Might uses the quirk juice, does he turn back into All Might for a minute? For an hour? If All Might takes a trip to the U.S. of A to visit his friend David Shield, will he get some quirk juice that'll last an hour plus so he can fuck up some big time villains with Deku down the line? Because that's what I'm about. That's what I'm here for. I hope so. That'd be great. It's just every once in a while. Yeah, I'm not trying to get you to smash up every villain of the week, Detroit Smash style. Just like, you know, maybe once a season, maybe a movie once a year. Nothing big. Get some quirk juice and let's do this thing. Movie comes out soon now. I hope so. I don't know. Does it? I think it comes out in December now. We should go. Last time we had to go, me and Carlton went, we had to go to Chinatown in Boston. It was a, wow. It was a trek to get there, dude. It was the only theater that we could find tickets. Really? Yeah, 60 fucking miles away. All the Providence screenings sold out immediately. Immediately. We had to find a sub perform. Was it a sub or was it a dub? I can't remember. I think it was a dub. Either way, it was so packed. And kids just cheered the entire fucking time. And it's oh, in Chinatown in Boston. Yeah. Wow. Trek. That's rough. <sighs> All right. Um, that's going to do it for Super Dope Plus Ultra. So, um, yeah, man. Should you rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts? If you subscribe, that's cool. But if you rate and leave a review, that's the stuff that makes my heart smile because that's how people find the show. People see that you left us a cool review and they're like, oh, look at this cool review. If this person said that it's cool, maybe it's cool. You are the people who make the audience come to us. Don't ever, ever forget. You have the power. But seriously, make his heart smile, people. But yeah, no, I like my heart to smile. Um, so make sure you do that. Go follow us on Instagram at DB Superdope. Twitter at DB Superdope 1. What else? Patreon. Yep, I say that one a couple times a day. Patreon.com slash Dragon Ball Superdope. Call us up. Leave us a voicemail. We'll be doing the manga chapter this week. I read the manga chapter for Dragon Ball this morning. And uh, gotta say, guys, I, I know that there's a lot of Dragon Ball fans out there who... Uh, Probably loved it. I uh, I have to read it again because my first reading of it was not wasn't bad, but it eh, you know meh. that's that's really a, meh. Huh. That's how I meh. And that and that last panel with Weiss and the Grand Priest. It's a little cactus. Alright, we're done. Gonna raise my hand with the peace and oh wait, no wait. Did what? I give the phone number? No. Oh. What's the phone number? For the voicemail. 401-213-9596. Leave a voicemail. If you read the manga, leave a voicemail about it. Or maybe it's about Pokemon Academia. Or maybe it's just about you. About me. Maybe it's no. about you. No, I mean like about themselves. Oh yeah, maybe Rodney will call us, or uh, that's pretty much it. Rodney's the only person I look forward to calls from, but that's because he's the only one who's called us multiple times. Everyone else has been a one and done. 
They're like, oh, you guys got a phone number? Let me try it out real quick. For all you know, I got a really funny voicemail message on there right now. You don't fucking know. Because you don't call. You don't check. You don't fucking check. All right. Perks, man. Call the number. It's the perks, man. You're the perks. I'm the perks. We the perks. 401-213-9596. Call it. Gonna raise my hand with a B sign. Fancy help me bully you guys. <laughs> 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 <laughs>